Welcome, everyone, to the Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Humiston, and today we are in, we are embarking on a brand new adventure, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening while we tickle your ears with with um, with the Bible and Scripture and, and does, everything else. Doesn't the Bible say something against tickling ears? Probably does. <laughs> Isn't that in James? But we have their attention now, so... <laughs> Uh, that voice that you heard is Nick Pierce. He's the lead pastor at Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks. Each and every week, uh, we will come together. We will uh, we'll talk about really kind of anything and everything. It yeah, could be it could be what. Yeah, that's the heart. It could be like if I had fifteen more minutes of a sermon, where there was something I felt like, hey, I had to cut out because of the time restraints that we have on campus. Or, and so it could be like, instead of a three-point sermon, here's point number four. Um, some of you that have already watched uh, or are on campus every once in a while, I geek out. Oh, the geek out. If you geek out, we have to have a TV. Because yeah, <laughs> everybody knows when the TV comes up on stage, Nick's going to geek out. There's some, like, we ask people, like, hey, what's your favorite part of Calvary? And, like, that'll be it for some people. Like, when you geek out and go crazy, like, that's... I've heard people walking through when the TV's on the stage. Like I've heard people coming into service going, Nick's going to geek out. Yeah, like they like, know it's, it's going to be a good service. It's built yeah. into it. <laughs> so yeah, it could be a geek out session. Um, it could be, uh, we always want to be like a resource. And so if we're getting like some theological questions, like I even get that from the staff. Like I even had one today, our, our Cal Kids director came in. She was like, hey, I'm reading my Bible and I hear this. What's this about? And so that even happens in a... Is God real? Is, yeah, that's, <laughs> I had to set her straight. I'm telling you. No, no, it was good. So like that even happens at a staff level. It happens in life groups. And then every once in a while, we'll get questions like that. Um, and so we want to invite that as well. So when we start hearing questions like, hey, you know, what's your stance theologically on this or that? Or what's, what's this mean in scripture? Because um, let's just be honest, there's some obscure verses there's some yes. obscure thoughts, and it's like, what in the world am I reading here? I like to skip over those. <laughs> the genealogies, the names I can't pronounce, and things that are challenging. It's like, I'll get back to that. The, the, most, the best advice I was ever given in Bible college is when you come to those like names that you can't pronounce, yeah. you just go with confidence. Because like, who's really going to correct you? Now, if you get Jesus that wrong is, and you're just like, hey, Jesus, like, okay. We Especially can't if you're preaching, like, if you just do it confidently, <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to be like, nobody's gonna know. that must be how you pronounce it. Yeah, because if you have the confidence, they're like, wow, man, my pastor knows all these names and he studied. <laughs> and it's like, nope, fake it till you make it, baby. And then I think the other part of what the breakdown um, would be is, you know, so anything sermon-based. It could be uh, questions, life group. It could be uh, even just rando questions coming in, the geek out, um, but also just want to like get to know us. Yeah. Like we're, we're normal, real people that are smack dab. You might be. I, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm anything not. but normal, but we're smack dab in the middle of our own sanctification. We're still trying to process yeah. what does it look like to follow Jesus? And just because we lead, this is a uh, Paul Tripp ism, just because we lead in the ministries of the body of Christ doesn't know, doesn't mean that we don't need mm. them. And yep. so even for me, I'm, you know, I'm a 30 something year old husband and father. Yes, I lead a church, but like uh, the, the primary motivation for me to be a great husband, father, pastor, friend, whatever it would be, is my personal devotion to Jesus. And so, mm. yeah. you know, and just because I have a few biblical degrees, okay, great. That doesn't mean that doesn't always necessitate that I have this deep spiritual walk. Like yeah. I still lose my patience. I still 
don't like it when people cut me off on the road and amen you know like amen <laughs> i lose my patience with my kids and my wife and i don't like to do dishes like life is real and so yeah. i think that's a big thing for us um, just individually but like the kind of the the collective of what calvary is is just that authenticity yeah like we're not trying to be who we're not we're not trying to be you know because that's one of the things that happens in churches oh there's full of people that think they're better than everybody yep. no i i just know who is better you know, and all of Hebrews talks about that. Christ is better. Jesus mm-hmm. is better. Um, and so it's not that I am. Shoot, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, man. But but Jesus is good, and so I'm just trying to follow him. And so just want to give that real snapshot that, like, how do we follow Christ in our everyday, normal, mundane lives? And so that's that's my heart. So it's really like, oh, what's the focus of this? Uh, yes. Yes. That is. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like, and for, and for my role, so, like, my role here at the church is creative pastor. I'm still not sure what that all entails. Watercolors. That's okay. That's that probably entails. Um, but for me, a lot of it, you know, my heart for the the podcast or the the video because we're we're doing both of those is just digital engagement because yeah. the world post COVID, um, like church happens on Sunday, but there's six other days out of the week. And so that Jesus still cares about. That's exactly right. Like it's not like Jesus. Is like oh, today's my day. Yeah. You can have like. People still want to learn. People still want to grow. People still have questions. And I think a lot of times our our spiritual growth sometimes is stunted because we get scared by mm-hmm. the complexities of Scripture. We get scared by things we don't understand, and we don't have that go-to, someone to help us. And so for us, it's, just, it's another digital connection point with people, whether you call Calvary Home here physically, whether you call Calvary Home online, or you a friend shared this you know, with you, you know, f- for my you know, scope and role and responsibility here. That's always been, you know, my heart is just to say, hey, here's another another side of you as our lead pastor. Here's another side of me. Um, but here is how we're continually being sanctified. Here's how we're continually being challenged and failing um, and growing through that, <laughs> yeah. how the Lord's using that sure. to grow. And so, but and that, it, it really is. It's it, it, it's going to be anything. Because honestly, isn't that how the Lord works in our lives? Like it, it's not like, because again, in the church, and we can get very pro- programmatic mm-hmm. in our strategies, like, here, go to this new believers class, and then go to this uh, giftings class, and then do this, and then and we have this really nice setup, which, you know, in part, you need something like that. Yeah. But to be very honest, the Lord doesn't work it's very like that. formulaic, and that's not how the Lord works. Yeah, the, the Lord doesn't. Like, I mean, Sunday we worship Him. Monday, it could be I'm, I'm digging in some deep theology and wondering, or, you know, or about some verses. And then Tuesday, you know, I'm just trying to walk through Walmart without going off on somebody. Exactly right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just driving to work. You'd be yeah. like, who the heck do you think you are? And that's, what the, and that's what the Lord has for me today. He's like, okay, yesterday we were working on, in my word today, let's work on your character. Like, it's going to be very yeah. random like that because uh, the Lord knows our hearts. Obviously, we judge each other by our fruits, but the Lord knows our hearts, and and He wants to bring heart transformation. Yeah. Well, it's not always going to be this perfect, you know, new believers class or in in this one area. Like the the one area He wants to change is our hearts. Well, our hearts. There's a lot of facets to that, and, and our faith with. Jesus. And so he, that's, I think that's why I appreciate that we're not going to have a set, like, we can only talk focus. about this. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. we can't t- touch that or talk yeah. about that. So it even can be, um, you know, like what's going on in the world. Like, Hey, uh, uh, I don't know if you've read the news or watched news lately. The world's a little broken. Is there's, it? 
there's a little craziness that's going on. You know, you don't say. Yeah, really, I didn't know that. Wow, thanks for the info there, like newsflash. But then, okay, so how do we, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, respond mm. to those things that we can? Because uh, let's just be honest, there's a spectrum even yeah. in the church, and we'll use that that term very broadly, you know, from from each side of the spectrum to the other of how people are responding. And sometimes, let's just be honest, uh, if we get leaning too far one way, like we could be misrepresenting Christ mm-hmm. to the world, and and there's an issue there, and it's like, and we have to understand the battle that we're in. It, it is a spiritual battle. It's not against flesh and blood and all that craziness. You know, this is just, but this is a real spiritual battle. But also, it is the command is still on us to represent Christ yep. well yep. to the world, and so sometimes we have to lay down our preferences and what we would wants yeah and we have to pick up what christ wants for us and so and that's going to be challenging for a lot of us absolutely um but the beautiful part is that we're because uh, in doing that we're all welcome mm. you know it's not just a podcast mm. just for hey we we all think this way believe this way uh, no like we we want to understand how other people in the world are perceiving certain things even in our world um so that we can approach them in grace, but also in truth. Yeah. So, no, so that's yeah, good. That's, that's, that'd be another part of it. So Okay, so before we dive into Scripture and kind of the, <laughs> the one thing we're talking about today, because we are going to get to that, we wanted to cast vision. Um, mm. Let's do—we we know your title, but at Calvary, we, <laughs> we like to say, like, your title— Means it, nothing. It, it means nothing <laughs> in the sense of like, yeah, like there's this information past your name, like Nick yeah. Pierce, lead pastor, John Humiston, creative pastor, like what the personal Nick Pierce, you said you're married, you said you're a dad. Let Give us a, a little, snapshot a little personal there. snapshot of, of who Nick Pierce is oh. outside office hours. Um, um, I'm just a guy. Come on. No. Nick uh, likes long walks on the beach, <laughs> barefoot in the sand. <laughs> Um, so yeah, married, uh, to my wonderful wife, she's my best friend. And I think everybody says that, you know what I mean? Like you said that and I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be, but it's typical, but it really is like, and that's, what's crazy because yeah, anyway. So, uh, I always think that's crazy because at one point, all of us pretty much were strangers Mm -hmm. with our spouse. And now it's like, now I would die for this person. Yeah. Like. Because I think she's hot. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> Sorry. Am I being too real there? Um, so married to my best friend and just love our life together. We have four kids, um, 17 down to seven. Older, The oldest is a boy. We got three girls. I'm a girl dad. Um, I, I play Barbies. We play Let's house. Let's go. We, school. I get that. You know. Um, and so even just that, like the spectrum of like, okay, 17 year old boy to seven year old girl, you know, we could be geeking out cause my son's very techy, as you know, helps yep, you very much. Uh, so he'll geek out in tech and stuff. And then in two minutes later, you know, I'm doing gymnastics and dance studio with a seven year old and everything in between. And, and it's really, uh, it really is a blessing because I've seen how God has worked in and through my life. And my kids, some people have heard this part of my testimony, are kind of my rocks of remembrance. And so each time one of my kids was born, there was something God was doing new in my life. Um, and and kind of the to the ending of that, our, our last 
child she was born and that was kind of my rocker remembrance of god being my sustainer because uh, another part of my testimony is i'm a cancer survivor yep which is what is the date today the 11th so we are actually five days away so on the 16th of january oh, that's right. will be 10 years since i was diagnosed and so we got the big i don't know what a 10-year anniversary is like you know like in a wedding or yeah. in a marriage like 10-year gold or silver you know how they all my wife would know because she knows yeah i wonder stuff. what that is for cancer surviving i think every just the fact that you're yeah, alive yeah, yeah, alive, yeah so uh yeah we've been actually we did not start out in ministry me and my wife when we got together weren't even really walking with the lord and so we got saved together and then God grew us together, which was super cool. And then we got into ministry. So me and her actually met in nursing school. We were, I was a pediatric nurse. She was in a nursing home in like a hospice unit. So we always said, if you were middle-aged, we had no idea what to do with you. <laughs> uh, so that's, and, and honestly, neither one of us work as nurses anymore, obviously. Um, but it was just neat how God has used those things in our past to bring about what he had for us now. And so was a student pastor for quite a few years. And then uh, about a year and a, two and a half years ago, really felt God calling to say, hey, we're going to step again in transition. I thought I was going to live and die in youth ministry. Been there. Uh, and there was days that it felt like I was about to die in youth ministry. <laughs> if you get a room full of middle schoolers, you know, like somebody's dying. Mm. Uh, but, and then you said, no, I, I, I got more for you and never thought we would be in this role, let alone um, in... Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks area, which is another cool testimony. Yeah. Uh, my wife kind of prophesied that one time. We brought students down on a high school trip to the Lake of the Ozarks, and we stayed at the Lodge of Four Seasons, and we were out on a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, in this area. I did not know this. You didn't know this? No, I didn't know so this. So we're out on a boat, and like we we just took turns. We'd take like a, a dozen kids. We'd go out on a pontoon for a couple hours and then switch them out, and not a bad day of ministry driving a pontoon. Not on the at lake. all. Yeah. Not at all. And so we're sitting there and they're all just swimming and we're sitting on the boat and just, it was, it was awesome. Great weather. And she looks over and she goes, she was like, I know you're called uh, to be like in a lead pastor position. Like how cool would it be um, if when God transitions us, imagine what, how cool it'd be if we did ministry in a place like this. Hmm. And that was Lodge of Four Seasons. That's crazy. Which when we moved down, the first house we rented before we bought a house here was in Four Seasons. Like it, it was like, so think of like Moses, God brought him that. right back to the same spot where he called him, you know, the, the burning bush That's cool. and God brought him right back to that same spot. And it's like, oh, this is where we're going to do ministry. And so it's kind of a cool story. And so I, I blame my wife for all of this, you know, no. you're really struggling. You're really struggling. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm telling you, but it, it really is just a great church. I had an opportunity to take over. Um, the previous senior pastor was just a stud of a dude. And so it's just been great and just to see how the Lord has moved and worked. And so that's, that's kind of me in a little more than 30 seconds. 45. <laughs> 45. Wasn't much. Um, my story, very similar to Nick's in some ways, uh, was in student ministry for about 10 years. Oh, um, and it's a long decade. I'm telling you, thought I would live and die in student ministry. My degrees in student ministry. Same. Like I told people, like, hey, I because I'd always get asked, like, what are you gonna do when you're 40? You're not relatable anymore. And I'm like, I have no idea. Flip burgers at McDonald's. Like, I wanted to be that like 80 year old youth leader. You wanted to be, uh, oh, what's his name? Like you come like limping and hobbling into youth group and be like, what's this old man doing here? And they're like, what? oh, dude, he's awesome. There's like, somebody, he works at a church in California now, and he's like the savant of student ministry, but he's like 40-something. 
I can't think of it. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's what you wanted to be the savant. Yeah, I wanted. The old I wanted to be the old guy <laughs> that that walked in as like the forty year old with a bunch of students yeah. that stayed up all night. And, um, and, and so, how did you transition out of student ministry to uh, to be in the watercolor pastor here at Calvary <laughs> Shut Apple, up. Lake of the Ozarks? Uh, you called me out of the blue. I, I literally went on vacation at the church I was at before, went on vacation, came home, was starting to get ready because we took the summers off, was coming home to get ready to kick back off for the year, and you called me out of the blue and was like, hey, I have this I have this weird, like, I've been told you're good at this. I don't, before. We've had a couple conversations we'd before had, Yeah. Like, you really kind of geeked out when I was telling you my heart for an oh, yeah. online campus. Yep like an online campus church, like this is, and to be honest, something, especially in our area, just even the Midwest, rural, or it's like, no, that's stuff that like big churches do. And it's like, no, I really think that there's uh, a very fruitful and effective ground to do like online campus ministry. And I remember geeking out at oh, Starbucks was, yep. about that. I was like, I think like the first, second time I'd met you because yeah, I was yeah, meeting, yeah. talking with Blaze. And, and so uh, I think I told you no four times. I think so. I think it was like four times I said no to the job. And, and then he told me, he goes, this is what I think you should do. Yeah. And he gave me like the plan of what I should do. And Nick did the, like, I love, I love, I love football, but I'm not a huge sports person. And yeah. Nick goes, uh, when, when, a when an NF, when a team needs a kicker, you don't go hire a QB. And I said, sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. I, I speak in analogies. That helps it. me understand, like, analogies or I draw on the boards here. In, oh, like, gosh. So in staff meeting, I always got to draw things out. And it's not for other people. It's it for yourself. Me. Yep. It's, yeah, because I, I got to think it out or whatever. I so I got to see it. But, yeah, so I gave him the football analogy. The football like, analogy. How about you just come and be a kicker for us? Okay. So I've been here almost a year and a half, uh, married to my best friend. We met in college. Uh, we have one absolutely beautiful adorable two-year-old Leighton we have a second daughter on the way due oh, at the man. time of this recording uh we're eight weeks eight weeks out. eight weeks from now so we'll have two girls I'm a girl dad I'm totally okay with that <laughs> I'm I, I want to be the cheer dance you know dad cheer dad whatever you know whatever I'm a gymnastics so. dad yep I got I got wrangled into like a daddy daughter like gymnastics let's practice. go I'd be okay with that no, it I'm not hurt. flexible. It would be, yep. I would be awful, but I did a round off off the off the normal beam. If I come a in with a, in a neck brace, you'll know that my daughter <laughs> has gotten involved. Yeah, that's, there, that's that was, it. That, that was, was it. it. So there you go. that's a little bit about us. Uh, in, in the in the episodes to come, we're gonna dive right in. But yeah, it's absolutely. always nice to know if you if you don't know us or didn't know us yeah. or maybe you didn't know everything about us. It it at least gives. Um, the lens, if you're not watching us visually and you're just listening to the podcast, it, it gives a lens, to, you know, to view kind of where we come from and, and we'll bleed in, bleed, that's probably not the right word, we'll blend in, you know, our story, you know, and, and how it's affected and brought us to where we are today. And For so, sure. but where are we diving in today? What, what, what are we, what are we discussing? What are we geeking out on? What are we breaking down <laughs> what today? What are we breaking down today? So uh, we, we're walking through First John and on Sundays. Not as slowly as I thought. Not as, yeah, you, you were like, oh, it's going to take us 17 years to get through it. 17 years. It was two years to do Matthew. That was 28 chapters. First John's like five or six here. Come on, guy. Come on. Um, so we're in First John. We're in chapter two. And so Sunday, uh, the line that really impacted me a lot in the sermon, which you might think that's kind of funny, like, Nick, you preached that. Yeah, like the same sermon still impacts me. Lord still works. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually kind of funny, like the conversations that I have in my head with the Lord while I'm on the stage preaching 
Because like sometimes yep. he'll like, okay, hey, you're going to say this and I'm going to say it. Like I'm going to be obedient, you know. And it's not like a weird like audible voice. Like you just, God, God gives you a word in your heart, yep. right? Uh, and then other times it's like, no, 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 that one's just for you. Yeah. It's like, oh, that one hurt worse. Well, you're helping others. I'm going to help you in this moment. <laughs> yeah, this is only for absolutely. you. So the line that really got me, because um, we were talking about we need to get our weight up, right? Um, and the reason that many of us struggle in temptation and we, we can fall easily into temptation is that God doesn't have that kind of weight in our mm, life, yeah. you know? So think of, um, think of somebody that you know cordially yeah. compared to somebody like your wife. Mm-hmm. If they both asked you to do the same task, and it's maybe something that you don't want to do, like, hey, can you move the couch? Or you have somebody that you know kind of cordially, like, hey, could you help us move a couch? Like, we both would probably say yes, because obviously, you know, we want to try to reach people and use every opportunity. But our, our wives would hold more weight in our lives. couch. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to move the, the couch. couch. Yeah, exactly. If my wife asked me to do something, I'm going to try everything in my ability to do that compared to somebody that we might just know cordially because of the yeah. weight of that person because that's a relational thing, you know. And so people do have different weights in our lives, and we understand that. You know, Paul had a great weight in Timothy's life mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so, like, if Paul told Timothy to do something, there was probably uh, a little bit more of a, hey, I really want to try to make that happen compared to some dude that was just going as, to his church in Ephesus or whatever, yeah. like, you know, there, there's different weights. And so when we, when we struggle in temptation, you know, I think those are areas that God is trying to highlight in our lives to say, um, hey, I don't have the weight in your life right there that mm-hmm. I want to have. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, that hurts. And so, and so kind of moving on, the, the, the line that really got me is when God does not have that much weight in our hearts, we'll see very little change in our lives. Because mm-hmm. the transformation comes from, yeah. you know, so like when we were saved, the transformation came that like whatever did have a weight in our life, we were introduced to Christ. Somebody preached the gospel to us. We understand who he was, what he did for us. And that replaced, that was a greater weight in my life, right? Like that's the reason I don't go on dates with other girls anymore. Why? Because great reason. I because I have my wife has a weight in my life. So I'm going to say no to all of that because my the weight that my wife has in my life. No, I'm, I'm committed to her. I cherish her. Like I'm not even looking. Right. So the same way, um, if, if God, if Christ doesn't have that kind of weight in my life, then I might be looking at other things that I'm trying to find fulfillment, trying to find purpose, trying to find weight to bring whatever to my life. And, and so I think that's God like, Hey, um, we need to, we need to work on this because faith is, is a muscle, you know, like we got to, we got to work out a little bit and we need to get our weight up, you know? So it's not just us. And one of the lines I said was we, we can't just be running around with two pound Christianity in our life. Yeah. When you said that, that got me when you were talking about like some of you are carrying, I think you said some of you are carrying, uh, uh, like I'd say I should have, I should have wrote it down. Was it the weight of the world line? No, oh, no. Yeah. It was towards the end when you were talking about how some of you are carrying around Jesus, who's a two pound weight in your life mm, when he should yeah. be more, you know? And I was yeah. just like, I was I was upstairs in the studio and I was just like, oh man, because there there were there are things in my life where I'm like, no no, I've worked that part out. But yep. the things that are hard or uncomfortable or that scare me, it's like I don't want to pick that weight up. Like I don't I don't I'm nervous. I'm scared. Like I'm okay with that being a two pound weight. 
So I like, I'm, I'm getting a little older. I'm trying to work out, trying to be a little more healthy. Overachiever. As my wife says, like, I want to keep you around longer, to which I always respond. So you want me to stay out of heaven? I know where I'm going. Yeah, like, let's let me go. But nope, she's trying to keep me out of heaven a little bit longer. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out a little bit. The first couple of days, the first week trying to do push-ups, it was pathetic. Because you're bad. doing 75 hard. Oh, yeah, I am. And, uh, and 75 hard is an understatement. It is extremely difficult. 75 at times. extreme? Is that- extreme, extreme, absolutely. But the first couple of days, even just trying to do like more than five push-ups was like really hurting. Yeah. Well, when you stay consistent and I keep working those muscles, I can do a few more push-ups. Yeah. Or like I've been running. Like the first time I ran, like I had to walk a few times just because my muscles weren't used to that. I, I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the endurance. I didn't have the stamina to be running, you know, a full 45 minutes even. And as a previous cross-country runner, like that was <laughs> kind of yeah. hurt my heart. But again, the consistency, staying with it, like, so now I do have the strength. I'm able to run the full time. and I'm, My times are getting a little bit better. Our faith is the same way. Like, if you're new to it, there's nothing wrong with only being able to do two push-ups. Yeah. If you're new to Christ, like two-pound Christianity, there's nothing wrong with that. The issue is when we don't want to progress yeah. in our walk with the Lord. That's the issue. Yep. So if you're new to faith and it's like, hey, like I'm trying to read a verse a day, I'm just trying to show up to Sunday, and I'm still struggling with the sins that that I was doing before I was saved, like, welcome to the family. Like, we love it. Yeah. The difference is when there's somebody that should be a little more progressed in their walk with the Lord and they're, and they're still holding two pound weights, you know, it's just like a kid, like, you know, it's okay to give a baby a bottle. That seems normal. Now you got a six year old that you're bottle feeding. Not okay. Yeah. That's awkward. Yeah. You know, and a lot of us Christians are that way. We still want to be bottle fed. We don't want to up our weight. And then we struggle because we don't see the life transformation that we want that maybe we see in others but also we don't want to do the workout program, Yep. you know, cause they're called spiritual disciplines for a reason. Yeah. I don't wake up every day and be like, Oh, I'm so excited. I get to read my Bible. Like some days I just want to lay in bed and just sleep. That alarm goes off. You're like, Oh, 10 more minutes would be nice. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You know, and there's, you know, or even praying and for just my family, for the church, for people like those are spiritual disciplines, but those disciplines just like lifting weights and working out, they're producing us in us a, a faith that has strength and endurance because, again, the spiritual disciplines aren't the end goal, mm. you know, because that's kind of the fad nowadays with working out. Let's stick with that analogy. A lot of people go to the gym and they work out because they just want to stand in front of the mirror and look good. No, you know, if you grow in your strength, that is for a purpose to do something to be fruitful and effective for the Lord. Yeah. You know, so for us working out our faith and getting stronger, it's because the Lord has a work that he wants to do in our lives. Yeah. He doesn't want to just standing in the mirror, flexing our muscles because we think we look good. No, no, no. God has. Yeah, exactly. God has a, a he has a work for us, but we we might not be in this in the spiritual condition to do it. We yeah. need to get our weight up. We need to get more conditioned. Um, you ever see the movie Coach Carter? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Like yep. he was a basketball coach yep. in the kind of the inner city. And like the first practice, he goes, you guys are not in the proper condition for me to coach and teach you basketball and how we are going to play basketball. Yep. And so he just had them running and doing push-ups. Like he had to get their weight up. He had to get them conditioned. 
And what you saw later in the in the movie, they were playing a game against another team. Well, the other team was gassed. They were completely exhausted and wiped out. They're going to be missing their shots and stuff. Like that's why they ran in practice and did the push-ups is so that when it came to game time, they were ready to go. They were fit and they were ready to go. We have to we have to understand God wants to do a work in my life. Ephesians what two eight nine and ten tells us that that He has works prepared for us. And he wants us to walk in them, but we we might need to be conditioned. Yeah. So so let's flip it. And this might be a gut punch. You know, we might ask, well, why isn't God using me? Why isn't God doing this or that in my life? It it might not be the Lord. You're not putting in the work. You're not putting in the work. You're not in the right conditioning for it. And so to like kind of wrap a little a uh, little bow on this, I was uh, so in seventy five hard. You have to read ten pages. And thank you, Audible. They are not an official sponsor, but... You want to sponsor us, we'll take, yeah, we'll we'll take absolutely it. Take yeah. it. Yeah. So I listen to Audible books or whatever, and so let it be uh, uh, spiritual formation, uh, some deep theology. Uh, there's even uh, one written by a couple of Navy SEALs, which is really good, so I don't want to like, drop two names because I don't know what the yeah. legal, legality <laughs> of all that is. We don't want to break um, anything. And so uh, one book I'm reading recently... Uh, has been really good, and they brought up Psalm 90, which is the only psalm that Moses wrote. Probably didn't know that Moses wrote a psalm, right? I'm not flexing. It just literally says it, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. And a lot of times we, you know, verse 14 is a very kind of, if you could say a famous known verse, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Um, but the other, a couple more verses later, and I took a, a snapshot of this line, I thought it was so good. And so looking at verses 16 and 17, it says, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord, our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And so we, we want to get our weight up. We want to get conditioned. We want to be, we want to have the strength and the endurance and the faith so that God will establish his work through us. Because the church is, there is no plan B. This is his plan. This is it. So for the generation that we are born into, we are God's tool to reach and to bring the gospel to those around us. Like if, if the church doesn't work out, he's not like, okay, I got plan B. No, this is it. This is our time. You know, And I say that a lot even like in staff yeah. meetings. We're a, we're a younger staff, but hey, this is our time to lead the church. Well, they, in this book, they were talking about this passage and the line that they said in, in kind of a, a commentary of these verses. He said, for those who trust in God, God delights to dignify our brief lives with everlasting impact. Ooh. And so God delights to bring, to dignify our lives. I mean, think about that. God delights to dignify our lives and, he, and it's our brief lives, like we get it, you know, our life is but a mist, James tells us that, but with everlasting impact. So even though our lives are brief and what we do here would be brief, because it's the Lord's work that he has established in us, it's going to have an everlasting impact. Mm. And so why do we need to get our weight up? Because God wants to make an everlasting impact through you, which means that like in eternity, that there would be people that will walk up to us and say, either I am here or I grew in my knowledge because of you. Mm. 
you you made with your brief life because you got your weight up, you walked with the Lord, you trusted in him, you made an everlasting impact in my life. Thank you. And is that is that not better than just standing in the mirror trying to flex our spiritual muscles? That like, hey, we we were used by the God of all creation that and and it was his delight, which is crazy to think yeah. of, that God of all creation delights in using us and he wants to bring everlasting impact through our brief lives. Because everybody's everybody wants, I think our culture, we live in a day and age where everybody wants to matter. Yeah. So like even even if you remove the God delighting in that, like we all just want to matter, but then you take it a step further. Mm-hmm. Like And not even just spiritually, like Simon Sinek was talking about, I don't know if he was talking about millennials or even like, is the next one Gen Z? Gen Z. Okay. I'm not all hip on all that terminology, but like he was talking to a bunch of young people that are in just getting into the workforce and they keep saying, well, I I just don't feel like I'm making an impact. I don't feel like I'm making an impact. Like you've only been here six months. Like you're in the mailroom. You got to work your way up a little bit. It's like, you got to stay consistent with it. Yeah. So the desire to, for our lives to be impactful that's not just a theological thing. That's not just a faith in Jesus. Like, but what I do believe is because of creation, God has put that desire in our hearts for our lives to matter. Um, and once we understand Jesus, that's where we get the fullness of how impactful our lives mm-hmm. can be. So there's there's that desire in you, and he puts that in you because he wants to fulfill that desire in the fullest way. Because that's you still hear like, you have these people that start big companies, they're presidents of companies, they're CEOs, they're able to retire early. They've and, achieved the world. They, yeah. That's it. They've hit, they've reached the pinnacle, and they're still unhappy. And they're still unhappy. Still they're unhappy. still lacking fulfillment. They're still lacking purpose. And it's like, I did all this, and that's it. And they sound like Solomon. Vanity and vanity, and all this is vain. And why is that? Well, because you're trying to satisfy what you think impact should be. And so you're trying to delight in your brief life with not everlasting impact, but temporary impact. Mm-hmm. Let the Lord delight in your brief life and bring everlasting impact. That's good. Yeah, that's what I've been chewing on. Like, that's what the Lord is hitting on me. Like, so when I'm up there preaching, that's... that's hey, Nick, what, this is for you. Yeah, like, that, chew honestly, on this this yeah, week. That's that's what I've been, and it's like, because, you know, I'm 38. We just had, uh, not like some close friends, but people that we know that are in our sphere of influence, you know, we're, we're hearing more and more cancer diagnoses, which it's very home for us because of my history. And it's like, and I do, I think about that. Like, yeah. am I ever going to get called back into the fire of that? Or, you know, like, how's this going to go down? And it, we all think we're going to live until we're, you know, 92, uh, like Donald P who's in our church, who's That's an awesome right. dude. You know, we all think we're going to have that, but we're not guaranteed that. Like, and, and even if I do, that's still a brief life, Yeah, you know, that like, and the, the grand scheme, the scope yeah. of... For all intents and purposes, I'm pretty much about halfway done. <laughs> like, we're on the downhill slope. I look at my wife. <laughs> You've crested the top. Yeah, I've crested. Down. I am. Like, I'm gaining momentum. <laughs> I tell my wife all the time, I'll look in the mirror, and then I'll look at her, and I just apologize. Like, this is the best it's going to get. So if you're listening to the podcast, that's probably better for you. You don't have the video to say, wow, I need to pray for his wife. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, our, our lives are very brief, and even if we are... Uh, 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 graced with a longer life, um, it's it, we're still graced with a life of, of impact. And so it's trying to think of like, uh, not like a bucket list thing, but like, okay, Lord, like, I want you to delight in my life. Yeah. I want you to bring that everlasting impact. Like, I'm going to surrender to you. And, and if that takes me getting my weight up, well, just like working out, there's going to be some things I need to cut out of my life. 
junk food, you know? And so even in our spiritual life, there's a lot of distractions and junk food that keep us from wanting to uh, get our weight up in Christ. And so um, that's that's where that discipline is going to come in to say, like, all right, this is the goal of my life. Will I include the things? Will I exclude the things of my life to better accomplish the goal of my life of being used by God for an, for an everlasting impact? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you really, you know, I think at guys our age, we really start having that kind of, like, uh, the real serious talk about our lives and like, okay, this is, this is it. This is life. Yeah. Like is the, is the impact, the legacy that I'm going to leave standing in front of a mirror yeah. for myself mm. or is it for something more greater? Yeah. And, and, uh, or would you rather stand in front of Christ and hear, well done, well, good and faithful servant. You I'll know? take the mirror. <laughs> you take the mirror. <laughs> really work on the dad bod. Liar. The dad bod. No, I'm just kidding. So, well, that is, the very first episode of the very first season of The Breakdown. I'm excited to be doing this with you. I'm oh, actually sorry. terrified, but <laughs> he, excitedly terrified. He doesn't know what I'm going to bring up. It That's could like, be anything. exactly right. There's, there, there are no show notes. There is no... There is no I, I literally have my iPad onto the home screen. There, there, there's nothing here to be like, hey, get to here. We will, uh, we'll be back next week. Next week. With another episode, episode two of The Breakdown. Thanks, guys, for joining us this week. We'll see you back next week either. Uh, wherever you find and listen to podcasts or uh, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Calvary Chapel, L-O-T-O. But for now, we've got stuff to do. We're going to get back to it, and we'll see you or hear you guys later next Next week. week. All right. See you guys. Bye.